talking fight fans thanks for tuning in to the special week of knuckle up where we are profiling the murderers row the eight fighters uh from the 40s who were uh part of the most elite club to ever grace the boxing ring uh the most feared middleweights around the world and uh yeah we're here for part two today so we're gonna get right into it cedric take us away all right all right all right so we're gonna start off with Aaron Little Tiger Wade, who was born March 17th, 1916. Um, so that is crazy in itself. <laughs> um, an American, African American born Golden Gloves champion. It says he's from, from uh, Tennessee, but he won, he started, he had most of his, his, uh, his fights out of uh, Chicago, Peora, Illinois. Um, he turned professional. At, in 1935, at the age of 19, um, this is one of the most interesting facts that I, that I read about Mr. Wade. Um, they said he was vertically challenged, measuring at a measuring up to five foot five. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but I mean, it's five foot five is, is small just to begin with. But he is small for a welterweight. He fought at middleweight and light heavyweight. <laughs> like he must have been a little tank. Can yeah. you imagine? five foot five at light heavyweight welterweight and like i said even just middleweight five foot five i mean just that welterweight five foot five would be would be short so he might imagine what type of like built he had little tank back then um so he definitely had i mean he he got used to it because you know he turned it into his advantage um with with all his wins and you're going to talk about that in a second um yeah, he 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 had a, he had a good career. One of his first one of his first defeats was to a Filipino great Serafino Garcia, uh, but he was undeterred. He got back to his winning ways, and um, you know had a, had a very good winning streak. Um, towards the end of his career, um, just like a lot of the good fighters, you know that that were controlled by the mob, had to take a few dives, face <laughs> a lot of extra losses on their end of their careers because you know back then they had to take it take it for the money, so they had no no other options. Um, but, uh, what, it, what he's also famous for in 1948, um, during the end of his career, but, uh, kind of the beginning of, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson's career, Wade was one of Sugar Ray Robinson's sparring partners. They had a little bit of a dispute over a sparring fee. And the story is Wade beat the crap out of Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray <laughs> Robinson and left them with some injured ribs. And had to actually postpone his fight because his, his ribs were injured from uh, from that. So there you go, Aaron Little Tiger Wade, one of the one of the founding members of the Black Murderers Row. And now Mike's gonna give us his his, uh, his stats. You no, know, let, let let me tell you about this. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start off by saying that this man amassed an amateur record, like of of of. Roughly around six hundred fights, and I, yeah, I, I'm saying this right, guys. Six hundred amateur fights. Yeah. Now, just think of that. You know, you see guys like Lomachenko has two gold medals. He has like two hundred amateur fights. Um, you know, my boy Adam Trouba is two-time Olympian. He has almost two hundred amateur fights. A lot of these gold medalists have like you know a lot of the Cubans have like two hundred, three hundred fights. He doubled that. Yeah, <laughs> doubled that. So he 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 destroyed that man. Six hundred amateur fights. This guy was definitely no slouch getting into the ring. Uh, he turns pro and amasses an, an an amazing record as a pro as sixty four wins, sixteen losses, with six draws, including thirty two knockouts. Uh, this guy, you know, he debuted 
1935, August 15th, against Murray Allen. Uh, and he took on this guy back-to-back, -back, man. And uh, when you look at this guy's record and uh, you see the guys that this guy fought, he, he was a very feared boxer for sure because mm – -hmm. You know, once he's fought one guy, he's going to continue to fight this guy because, you know, he keeps popping up in the names. You know, he's fighting guys back to back all the time. He's fighting guys three or four times in a row. And when you talk about when you get into the 40s here, that's when you really start to see this whole murderer's row thing where, um, you know, he's fighting the guys that are part of this this group. And I mean, over and over and over again, just fighting the same guys, you know stacking up the wins or stacking up the losses. It's going back and forth. Uh, for example, uh, back in, uh, four, I believe it's uh, 41, uh, 1941, April 25th to 1941, August 11th, he fought the same guy three times out of four fights. <laughs> so, so you know what I mean? Like these guys were very, very feared. You can tell that just by their, by their stats, man. Uh, you get up into the mid-40s, and this is where all these tournaments that they talked about uh, start to come into place. This is where you see him start to take on, you know, the Charlie Burleys, the Jack Chases, um, you know, just all the all, all all these guys that are in this group, uh, you can see where they start to fight each other, and it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy, man, uh, mm -hmm. that 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 they were able to amass such huge records, but still yet never get those chances to uh, get in the ring there and, and fight for an actual title. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly, man. I mean, like I said, back then these guys, these guys were 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 fighting, talking about every week, probably like twice for the week, for months at a time. Um, so you gotta you gotta respect that. You gotta respect that. Wade ended his career helping people like the less unfortunate, um, try to get off the streets. He ended up being a minister and just just helping people in general. And um, passed away in 1985. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. All right. Now, moving on yes. to Burt Lytell, who was also known as the Chocolate Kid. <laughs> yeah. Another another member of the Black Murderers Row. He was born January 24th, 1924 in uh, Victoria, Texas, USA. Uh, as I said, his, his uh, nickname was, was the Chocolate Kid. His, his story, how he started out, was uh, pretty funny, too. Apparently, he walked into the gym. Very confident. He saw he saw two guys sparring, just started yelling out loud, I'll beat both your asses. And um, so you know, they they liked his confidence. He started his career, his professional career not too long after that. He lost his pro debut on a on a point decision, but just like Mr. Wade, he got back up, trained harder, and just started killing people. Well, not literally, but <laughs> even though his name is he's on the murderer's row, he didn't actually kill somebody. Um, but he did have some good matches. In 1945, um, he lost a close split decision to Jake LaMotta, a name that you guys might be familiar with, with many of the observers thinking, thinking that uh, that the Chocolate Kid actually did enough to win. But, of course, you know how the politics were back then. Um, they tried to get a rematch with Mr. LaMotta, but he was having, having no parts of that. Yeah. So, uh, in 1948, he got a rematch with when, when a guy that he had a close loss with, uh, following their hard their hard fought match and um as a consequence uh missed his opponent actually never regained consciousness due to the injuries uh from the fight um and th this actually you know put a toll on uh, on 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 the chocolate kid for a while as it would for any box you know you know obviously this is a sport where the goal is to stop your opponent but at the same time you're not trying to kill your opponent 
even though some fighters have said that during a press conference, but I, you know, it's just, just the hype of the fight. Um, when it actually does happen, that's, that's not something that we highlight in, in the sport of boxing. It's a sad thing. Um, and like I said, it, it did affect him. Um, and he, he decided to hang up his gloves in 1951 and just got close with his family and, uh, yeah, just became a family man after that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bert Lytale, the chocolate kid. Now please give us his stats. No. Oh. Bird Lytell, let's talk about this kid, man. 71 wins, 23 losses, 7 draws, 24 KOs. He's only been to sleep himself once. Mm. Uh, you know, this 5'9 Southpaw uh, was born in Victoria, Texas, uh, moved to Oakland, California, uh, where he resides. Uh, you know, one of these feared middleweights. Debut was 1944. 0717 and uh you know his career spanned to 1951 and uh yeah talking about that uh that big fight um against uh Jackie Darth Darthard uh who died of the injury sustained in uh that fight uh Darthard was down twice in the third round and was unable to answer the bell for the seventh round uh, and then you fast forward um you know to uh 1949 January 1st against Jerome Fraser uh that fight uh that Lytel, um, Lytel won. Uh, Frazier was knocked down or knocked out in the same ring at the same venue at the same time in the same round, exactly one year previous to when Jackie wow. died. Yeah, to when Jackie died. So, you know, that kind of, uh, I think that kind of messed him up a little bit, man. Yeah, of course. When he came out for his next fight, which was only a month later against Henry Hall, um, uh, he fought that to a draw. So obviously, uh, you know, things were playing in his mind. It was a little rough on him. But, um, you know, it's it's crazy that uh, the, the power these guys had. And the fact that, yeah, man, they were seriously feared feared fighters, man. And uh, they, they meant business. And uh, to amass these kinds of records and still get in there every single, you know, every other week. Uh, when you look at the, the amount of times these guys were fighting, like, you know, I'm talking – less than a month sometimes between some of these fights that these guys were getting in these rings and doing. Uh, very, very crazy. Yeah, man. Talk about earning your paycheck. Yeah, for real. Talk about earning your paycheck. <clears throat> um, I don't know if, uh, you know, just, just closing it out on, on both guys. Um, Aaron Wade, the little tiger. The, the one thing that, well, I'm going to say I regret. There's nothing we can regret. There's nothing that we could have done about it. But I just wish there was more highlights um, film on these guys just to see, like, just like I said, Aaron Wade, this guy was five foot five fighting at light heavy. I would have loved, like, I like, just trying to visualize that. I can't even, it doesn't even make sense. That's like Muggsy um, Bogues playing in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Spud Webb or like Spud Webb playing in the NBA. That's yes. Yes. That I, I would have loved to, to, to see just some highlights of that. Um, and then of course with the chocolate kid, uh, Burt Lytell, they said he was a, a busy, skilled southpaw with a, with a swarmer. He was a swarmer with a great chin, great chin, and solid defense. Of course, you know I love how much I love defense. It would have been great to see him fight. So um, I don't know. I'm sure somewhere, somewhere I tried to search YouTube, but I'm sure somewhere, somewhere around the internet, somebody has some some old, uh, you know, some old footage of these guys. So hopefully, it pops up. Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. Well, I guess um, that being said, uh, we profiled uh, the first two fighters on our Murderers World Week special. Uh, I hope you guys uh, out there in uh, Talk and Fight Land love it. Uh, we hope that you uh, stick around for this week's. Um, were they managed? Um, they kind of managed themselves and through their own kind of uh, 
tournaments, man. That's the only way these guys would get fights. Um, you know, it's 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 unfortunate thing. And and I mean, like they they were managed, but it's like uh, they. It's not like nowadays where where the fighters can kind of say who they want to fight and when they want to fight. Back then, it was you kind of just had to take what what you got, especially when when this was your only way of uh, of feeding your family. And especially back then, guys were not, especially black guys, were not getting paid you know, <laughs> top dollar for their for for these big matches. So yeah, they they kind of had no choice but to take whatever was offered to them. You know, and it's kind of messed up. Uh, you know fighting guys that, that you would consider your, your friends or your brothers multiple times over and over again. Um, so yeah, next, did people pay to see them? I'm assuming so, you know, uh, obviously ticket prices were a little bit, uh, a little bit cheaper back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, you know, they, they had to, they had to pay the fighter somehow. Like, I, I don't think, you know, even though times were tough back then, especially for black people that I don't think they were, you know, they were just fighting for free. I'm sure they were getting paid. You know, they they probably weren't getting as paid as as uh, some of their 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 white opponents. But you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm I don't think they were just uh, um, fighting for free. Again, it might not have been top dollar, but it was enough to at least feed their family at the time. Yes, definitely, definitely, they've paved the way, though. I, I'm I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna say that, man. Um, they've they've definitely paved the way. Yeah. Um, you know, po- boxing fans did pay money to watch these guys. I, I know that for a fact. Um, it's it's been there. It 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 all depends on how much they paid. Who knows? I'm I'm not I'm not too sure with uh, 1940s ticket prices, but I know. <laughs> but I do know I do know I I do know that people did pay to see these guys. They were a super talented, exciting bunch of boxers that were feared by the competition due to their their pizzazz man they they just they had it they had the ability to get in the ring and bash people out and do it in such a fashion um and you know they were i guess i guess society just wasn't ready to have these guys dominate and uh you know dominate the world of boxing and this is the reason why we of boxing and uh these tournaments that these guys ended up fighting each other in uh a total number of 64 times so (laughs) you know i mean it's, it's it's pretty crazy but um, that being said, uh, Cedric, man, uh, take us away, buddy. Sign us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again for for joining us this whole week. Um, this whole week, we're going to be honoring all the members from the Black Murderers Row, um, a group of fighters who didn't really get their chance at the top guys at the time, but still put on great fights uh, for people to watch and uh, will forever live in time as uh, as great boxers. Definitely. Uh, that did other boxers want to join the role? Well, that's the thing that the just the name murder as well. It's not a name that they gave to themselves. This is a name that like um, one of the reporters at the time gave them that name just because you know he's seeing these guys fight all the time. He can obviously see how good they are, and he can see why they the top guys wouldn't fight them. And so, uh, um, so he's the one. Um, I'll get his name for tomorrow. That's that'll be good trivia for for tomorrow. Who's the who's the person that named the the you know these guys the the, the murderers row? So to answer that question, yeah, I mean, in theory, you you would want to be considered part of that because those guys were considered you know the elite at the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there there are boxers that wanted to join, that wanted to be named under their murderers row, right? But as uh, again, the, the the politics of who was writing the stories would would control that. But you exactly. couldn't deny it again. You know, black obviously black people back then, early nineteen hundreds was very tough. 
very tough. Um, so in order for someone to, to give you praise, especially in a publicly, you must have been doing something like, you know, spectacular or really looking, you know, did something to impress for, uh, for, for your name to be praised about back then. That's right. right. And uh, yeah, man, we'll see you guys tomorrow for the next installment of uh, the Black Murderers Room. Yes, and uh, be on the lookout for uh, a special guest that we will have joining us tomorrow. I'm not going to let you know who it is. Uh, you're just going to have to join us and find oh, out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very uh, special guest. Make very, sure you very guys special guest tomorrow. Who's going to be joining us for the rest of the week, hopefully. Um, yes, so make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Continuation of Blackbirders Row Upboxing. You know what it is, guys. It's Mike Orr at four on Knuckle Up with my man Cedric Ben in the den. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Continuation of this wonderful quick, story. Man. Quick, quick. One more quick question from oh. my man uh, Dusty. Dust, Dusty Monford. Yes. Um, he's asking about 15 rounds. I think back then it was it was unlimited. It was like they would go for, for hours at a time. It was really – it was really uh, basically who, you know, basically somebody quitting – or <laughs> you know, like so sometimes the, the match would go for hours at a time, like literally hours at a time. Um, two, three hours. So I'm not sure. I don't I don't think the rounds were really introduced until no, actually probably around that time, probably around the, the 40s and 50s, but earlier, like before that, I don't know. It was just last man standing, basically. <laughs> right. All right. Yes. So to all the talk talking fight fans around the world, thanks for tuning in to uh this wonderful episode of Knuckle Up at 4 with Mike Orr and Cedric Ben in the den. You know what it is, man. Continuation tomorrow of the Black Murderers Row. So make sure you join us and uh, see who our special guest will be. Until then, we'll see you. Peace.